This is Connect Nation, an award-winning podcast focused on all things broadband. From closing the digital divide to improving your internet speeds, we talk technology topics that impact all of us, our families, and our neighborhoods. On today's podcast, we return to Michigan for part two of our look at the Michigan Connected Future Tour. It's an ambitious 40-stop listening tour being conducted by the Michigan High-Speed Internet Office, also called MyHi, which is now developing a five-year internet connectivity plan for the state. Today, you'll hear from local stakeholders whose opinions are helping to shape that plan. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Connect a Nation. I'm Jessica Denson. I've been on the road following the My High Listening Tour. Today's listening session is being held at Washtenaw Community College in Ann Arbor, which is about a half an hour west of Detroit. And again, um, I think that's another thing that we learned from COVID, but even before, you know, what access do you have to a device? Um, how much of a device? And then can you afford it? And then is the um, internet or connectivity available for you as well? So that's a very good comment as well. About 60 or so people of all ages, ethnicities, and genders have gathered in a conference room, including Leah Schuyler Dobson, who stopped to chat with me about why internet connectivity is an important issue to her. I'm an Ipsy City resident, and I am currently the legislative director for our newly elected state representative, Representative Jimmy Wilson, Jr. And tell me a little bit about why you felt it was important to be here um, during this listening tour. Yeah, definitely. Um, So our district is Ipsy City, Ipsy Township, and a little part of Superior and Pittsfield. And so availability and affordability, as well as device access, is kind of what we hear a lot. Um, You know, there is a high portion of low-income individuals that, when COVID hit, were completely cut off. They were not able to fill out the unemployment. They were not able to get their kids online. And uh, someone in this room mentioned today, you know, people going to like the McDonald's parking lot. That was happening here in Washtenaw. So um, when we got the invitation for this event, myself and Rep Wilson were like, we need to know what this program is because we really want to get the information out to our constituents so that they do have some hope this is coming. Um, but we also want to make sure that we're in the room making sure like we brought up today that you don't see those low income working class single moms and their teenage kids in this room today because it's a middle of the day with Thursday. So we want to make sure we're here in the space bringing those stories that we heard on doors that we're hearing in our office. And we want to make sure we bring all of our Michiganders online and interconnected with each other. Do you feel really good about today's conversation? Did you feel like some those important points were brought up, uh, discussed? Did you get some answers or are you just looking forward to the plan that's coming out? I think that there were some points that were brought up, a lot of similar stories in here, so it's definitely what is happening in Michigan. I did like the conversation about the regulation side, and coming from the legislature, I'm pretty interested to take that discussion back and see what some other people think about that, um, because it is kind of frustrating when these companies and these private sectors can just kind of do what they want and like they were telling they just stop and they don't continue they ignore the rest of the community so some points of discussion I think we're all curious about but it does sound like they have a very good solid time frame plan Um, I would like to see them be promoting this not just digitally because it's weird to reach people about digital issues digitally what would you like to see come out of this down the road in five the five-year plan and, and everything's great what would you like to see 
I think the pie in the sky is we have this as a public entity and we have free public internet that's reliable and high speed for everyone. That's kind of the pie in the sky, right? Let's at least get everyone onboarded, connected, and that some device resources and some training resources into their hands. My grandparents have no idea how to access this, you know, and then my young nieces and nephews don't have access to the devices because of the income. So I'd like to see us expand that access with those two physical things and then let's just get everyone connected. Let's bring them on. Let's not hopefully have another situation where our students are falling behind and our young adults can't access like unemployment heaven forbid another emergency happen let's get everyone online let's get some training and devices in there but pie in the sky public entity free internet for all the team leading this listening tour ask attendees at each stop to rank what internet connectivity issues trouble them the most by placing colored round stickers or dots on boards that say things like affordability and accessibility then these local residents, business owners, internet service providers, and others are broken up into groups to discuss issues they ranked as most critical and to find possible solutions. One such group allowed me to record as they examine the issue of accessibility. And government intervention to require cooperation. Yeah, and talent that's, development. That's a better way of saying what I was trying to say. <laughs> we need to coordinate our resources so we're not duplicating. And now I am. Uh, I'm going to just add a little piece. I think it's interesting that you all are talking about fiber because I was just saying before we got split up that um, I think one of the most important things about our broadband is that we have to look futuristic, and it should be underground. It should not be overhead wires. I think that it, there's too much, um, there's too much, um, too many problems with overhead. When it's underground, you have less interference yep. with wind, ice, Weather all of that. Yep. Um, Lower cost so, of maintenance too. When yep. you don't have to trim a tree. It is, I mean, now you might have to spend some money up front, but you get the money back. You, yep. you, you sometimes it. You know, you spend money to make money, um, but yes, I, um, and I'm saying that as somebody that lives on a property where, I'm going to talk to you later, <laughs> there's an easement that I was not made aware of by AT&T, where I just have these random men coming into my backyard. Like, what is that? And they have a right to do that, mm -hmm. but nobody told me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, you know, Terry. Oh, I will tell you, I, I had the same thing. Um, my neighbor was doing some remodeling, and I one day I came home, and they were digging my yard up because he was getting his. Um, mm -hmm. But they didn't leave you a note. They didn't buried. ask you it was okay. I didn't realize there was a utility easement on that part of the lawn. I'm not sure where it fits on your pages, mm -hmm. but I would like to see more accountability to the service providers. And as I was telling Miss Light. Spectrum Charter will tell you they provide services to our street. They do not. I mean, uh, in, in northern Michigan, they'll tell you that, you know, 5G home internet is available from T-Mobile. And yet you look at their, you put your address in there and it's, it's not available. Yeah. You know? Well, and you mentioned, um, you can dispute those um, uh, maps, the FCC maps. It helps with uh, grant funding because if someone says they serve it, then there's no money available. 
Um, and many times they don't truly know because they have a heat map or they have an area that's on an edge that to an area right. they do service. So um, if you can let them know, it helps make the map well, yeah, more Well, I went to the one in Jackson, the Mahi tour in Jackson, they, right. um, they had mentioned that they, they had challenged like over 100,000 locations right. in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. I challenged my location with T-Mobile, and T-Mobile came back and said, no, we serve your area. I just sent them a copy of their own map that right. said they didn't have service. I don't want to pick, I'm not picking on Please, you, please. The please. smaller companies have said to me, when I've asked them, yes, we can provide the service to you, but we don't own the trunk lines. So when there is a problem, they're still at the mercy of the owner of the trunk line. Sure in order to sort of fix your service or whatever. And, I, and I, what I said to them was, well, why should I do business with you then? Why do I want to go with a smaller company if you're still at the mercy of the bigger company? It's... The, the answer to that is open access. You said There's open access? Open access. The trunk lines shouldn't be owned by... I mean, are the highways owned by Federal Express and they stop UPS from driving on the highways. Okay. That allows for competition. So let me ask this because we got a ton of stuff Serves on question you, too. I, I need you to, to help me um, sort of document the impact. So, financial. I work with special needs students. So I could not do what you could not work with. I left my job. Okay. Lots of it. Lots of lots of income. What about medical issues? Oh, that Because you and them yeah. now want you to they want you to do all the work. Yeah. You can't do telehealth. They want you to have doctor's appointments. You can't yeah. do any telehealth. Yeah. Right. One of the things I, I think that this program should help to focus on it should focus on if it's not is encouraging adoption you know in, in places where the internet is available uh, amongst from my perspective in, in urban centers because there's lots of there's lots of uh, households that are renters and they tend to be transient or if you're in the foster care system your life is transient and so you're not at a place where you can subscribe to a service if it's there and so you might be at your aunt's house this week and at your grandma's house next week and living with an older brother and so that type of person can't is not in a household where you can subscribe to a monthly service so what solutions what broadband solutions and those kids fall through the cracks so, Greg, so their only internet this. is I started on their encouraging adoption in to, that fits like the the renter economy okay. and the transient the transient consumer economy i could not work i could not live somewhere that there wasn't high speed internet so it governs where i live and that's that's not such a problem for me but many it is um, they, they have to live in places that cost more the higher cost of living um, because they need that internet access, so I think it affects housing, where you live, you know, the quality of life. Please give yourselves a hand, a round of applause, a pat on the back for participating. Thank you so, so much. This, this content, what you all provided as content for us to use, is really going to be helpful um, as we, you know, move forward with our work.
At this recording, the listening tour is about halfway complete, with its last stop planned for May 18th in Watersmeet, Michigan. Again, the feedback and input gathered from these listening sessions will be incorporated and considered as the Michigan High-Speed Internet Office works to develop a five-year connectivity plan for the state. For more details or to get materials to facilitate your own community meeting, see the links in the description of this podcast. I'm Jessica Denson. Thanks for listening to Connected Nation. If you like our show and want to know more about us, head to connectednation.org or look for the latest episodes on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Pandora, or Spotify. 